0: you know, the fundamental truths of human beings. You know, I think most people want a sense of purpose. They wanna be part of something bigger. Um, They want to make sure that they are being, you know, uh, that they grow, that they're being rewarded for their contribution, that they collaborate together to achieve better things. I feel like those things will not change. I feel what will happen with organizations is they will have to continue to evolve their sophistication and maturity in understanding all of that.
1: define your culture, then how do you describe it to other people? How do you drive it? How do you grow it? How do you measure it? We covered this in the latest episode of Let's Talk About EX, where we're happily joined by Mary Lamonis, the Chief People and Sustainability Officer at REA Group. REA Group are a collection of 16 brands with 3,000 employees operating across three continents. Now, whether you know REA Group by name or not, you're probably familiar with and have used their technology and platforms. As of the group behind companies like realestate.com mortgage choice flatmates.com.au property.com.au and a whole lot more so it made for an interesting conversation as we discussed a range of things that happened to tie back to mary's experience in establishing and growing strategies that are purpose-driven and backed by data we covered a heap of topics evp leadership talent attraction, people data, future of work, you name it. And Mary was very generous in sharing her ideas and stories. So I think you'll get a lot out of this one. Enjoy. Hey, Mary, how you going?
0: Really well, thanks, Ryan. Good to be here.
1: Thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining us. i um, really excited to have you, have you on here today. I was wondering if you can start by telling us a little bit about yourself and your role at REA Group. Uh, and And what inspired you to become Chief People and Sustainability Officer?
0: Yeah, sure. Um, so, uh, as you've said, I'm the Chief People and Sustainability Officer for REA Group, which is a a, lo- a leading global digital property business. Um, we uh, obviously specialize um, in the property experience and and have businesses uh, in India and Australia. I've been with the business for about five and a half or well, five years and a couple of months. Um, And I've always worked in the the people and culture space or what used to be, you know, more commonly known as human resources. Uh, That's been my entire career. So starting in consumer goods predominantly has been my background prior to coming to REA, which is my first digital business.
1: Wow, excellent. And what's the, what's the sustainability component of your role? I was surprised to see that because, you know, the, the, the yes. term we're hearing now is people and culture, but sustainability made my ears perk up.
0: Yeah, for sure. So if I think about the elements of sustainability that that certainly the market recognizes being environmental, social and governance, um, particularly for a business like RAA that doesn't have a lot of hard assets, you know, our biggest, um, you know, um, asset base is really our people and, and our knowledge. Um, and so I think because there's a lot of that that sits within the S of ESG, the um, there's a there's a bit of a natural fit. Uh, obviously the oversight extends across environment and governance, um, but there's a you know obviously a cross group team that that really shepherds that um, and makes sure that we're staying on track. Uh, but ultimately the sustainability portfolio rolls up to to mine. Um, my remit I think if we were a mining company or a retailer or a consumer goods company, um, you, you'd probably have a more um, it, it would sit in a different place I would imagine um, and and potentially with even more dedicated resources some companies now have sustainability offices reporting straight through to the CEO.
1: Well, we got a lot of responsibility and a, and a big part of it is workplace culture um, absolutely. Why do you think culture is important for businesses to focus on
0: well at rea we, we talk about strategy and culture as being you know the twin engines of a plane you know so strategy really guiding us um in terms of the the, the way that we uh, look to deliver and, and then culture really driving us uh to deliver so from my perspective it is the most Fundamental element um, to make sure that we deliver high performance, other than having a strategy. Um, and so, fr- from that perspective, uh, I-, I think it's it's just so critical. And and I think what we've shown with, particularly, I think with COVID, is proven that you know culture is all the things. I think people get it, but they sometimes they still don't. I'm still surprised by the number of senior executives that will say, "But how will we know what our culture is if everyone isn't in the building?" And and please don't get me wrong, I think connectivity, face-to-face collaboration, I was I was literally um, in Uzbekistan, long story, with our India um, leadership team a couple of weeks ago, and there is no substitute for having that face-to-face connection with people and, and what you can cut through and achieve, I think, when you're together, particularly for those moments that matter, is really important. But equally, culture is in everything that we do, it's in the way that we lead, it's in our people practices it's in the way that we communicate it's in the way that we um, show up for those moments that matter it's in the way that we give feedback it's in the way that we work it's in the way that we're organized it's all of those things Um, and so from my perspective i think it really is the representation of a lot of the work that pnc drives
1: That's that's an awesome definition for it, and I know it's such an ambiguous term for a lot of people, and 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 uh, some organisations don't bother to define it. So I think you're giving it a fantastic definition there. Um What are some of the most significant changes that you've made to to REA's workplace culture since yeah. you joined the company? Um, um and,
0: Sorry, Ryan, Here you go.
1: good okay, I was gonna just gonna add because I like to add lots of questions <laughs> in the one question. I don't know why I do this, but I want to know how how have they impacted the business? So what changes have you made? To the culture and and how has that impacted impacted the business?
0: Yeah, uh, so um, it's something that I'm really passionate talking about because I think it's fair to say um, R E A has has had a strong culture um, for many years. It, it predates me, uh, but like anything, right? You come into a new role, you've got um, you you want to make sure that you're leaving it better, you know, or making it better than what you found it. And I think my observation with R E A would be, and, and certainly in my first hundred days, what became really apparent is we had a really strong humanistic culture. Um, I think the opportunity for us was to dial up that achievement orientation and and some of the language that I use, Ryan, is is very connected to the the OCI, the human Synergistics culture tool. Um, That's what we use at REA to measure our culture. Uh, And it also has its sort of sister tool in the lifestyles inventory, which we use for leader feedback. So we really like that um ability to be able to give data to leaders to say here's how you're showing up here's how people view the culture within your team can you see the impact and the connections because i think that the role of leaders is just so fundamental to creating organizational culture Um, and so my observation would be coming into rea humanistic encouraging really strong Um, achievement which is sort of more the task side an area of opportunity and we did our first um we did a little pilot of the culture survey in my first year at rea fast forward a couple of years we actually did a full diagnostic for the entire business and it proved it out so 87th percentile humanistic encouraging which is off the charts um and 64th achievement and i think as anyone at um human synergistics will tell you to be above the 60th in the blue styles um is really strong But for us, it's that gap between those two that we really see as our opportunity. And so we don't want to lose the humanistic side of who we are. I think it really is our superpower. It's how do we equally dial up and make sure that the elements that sit under achievement, you know, can grow a bit more. You know, how do we lead into some of those things like courage over comfort, um, risk taking um, through learning? Uh, Everyone taking an enterprise view, you know, so some of those levers are the things that we're working on in our culture action plan.
1: Awesome. Excellent. And isn't it nice to have some of your feelings validated when you when you actually get that data back in uh, a direction? Yeah,
0: a little fun fact, um, you know, which may or may not make the final cut of this. We'll see is, you know, going back to that point around culture isn't just the building. You know, we actually did our first culture full diagnostic in February of 2021. And um, as part of that survey, we had about 50 or 60 people that had never set foot in an REA office. Mm. Um, The majority of our um, uh, people are in Melbourne. Um, That's now become a little bit more distributed since COVID. We, We have offices all over Australia except for TAS. And so we had about 50 or 60 people that had never set foot in the building. Uh, because of the Melbourne, the wow. big Melbourne lockdown. And it was fascinating because their view of the culture was equally uh, positive, but even more amplified than people who had been with the business for two years, for three years, for five years. And so if you ever needed data, and i'm I'm all about finding the data that that sort of demonstrates the point. I think a lot of times in our world, people have feelings and hunches and hypotheses. I think the more that we can provide hard data around the work that we do, the better. Um, and we had a perfect data source to say, you know what, culture isn't just the building. It's all the things. You know, it's it's everything that those people experienced from their onboarding, their hiring through to their onboarding, through to those first six months that, that showcased that culture to them. Um, so that was a really interesting data point for us.
1: That's awesome. That is a fun fact. And that will stay in. <laughs> Been great how it goes back to your definition of culture being the way rather than just what you what you see. It's more more what you experience and that's awesome. Excellent. Um I, I wanted to uh, ask what challenges you faced when trying to improve workplace culture at REA. Was it any and did you and yes. how did you overcome them?
0: I think, um, you know, we're still on that journey, Ryan. I, I, you know, I certainly wouldn't say that we are at our destination and I don't think we ever will be, right? It's like personal development. You know, I remember saying to a coach of mine, when does this ever end? And she said, when you do <laughs> So you might as well just keep on going. Um, but I think, you know, for us, and, and you, you can see it in the way that we talk about our people strategy at REA, you know, leadership is actually in the centre of the wheel and so it's not so much a challenge but where we really needed to focus a lot of our effort was how do we make sure that we are equipping our people managers Um, we call it leadership but you know basically what we're talking about is anyone that leads people at rea um, with the capability to be able to show up in the way that we are expecting them to show up you know as i often say to my team you know we can design the best most um, sophisticated experiences but the deployment of that experience is typically through a leader to an individual in most cases. And so how do we make sure that, you know, we have incredibly strong people leaders, um, you know, and that's everything from the assessment side, from, you know, making sure that we, you know, a lot of times we we sometimes might promote someone because they're technically strong but not leadership strong. So how do we get in really early in that funnel? Um, We actually have piloted now for the first time a program called Curious to Lead. Where we target leaders who might people that might be interested in leadership because part of it's self-selecting out. You know, we've created very good yep. technical pathways in our business for senior leaders that you know, people want to be senior but they don't want to lead and that's okay because the 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 cost of having people leading that aren't good leaders is just too high, and so that focus on people leadership and in and and coincidentally or fortuitously we'd started that journey before COVID hit we were probably, it was probably like mid 2019 where we really started working on that in earnest. So it was really helpful to us because then of course with lockdown, that relationship between leader and individual became even more amplified and acute so we were really um uh, fortunate that we were on that and and that's where we're really trying to go so not so much a challenge but it requires a lot of focus it requires a lot of nurturing and it cuts through the entire experience because it's everything from selecting Mm. the right people developing them you know the performance management side um and and that's been a, a huge area of focus for us and equally for some people i think as we shifted to, you know, what I call more of a balance between that achievement and humanistic focus. For some people, it it wasn't necessarily what they wanted. And that's okay, because I think at the end of the day, life is too short to be working somewhere where you don't feel that alignment, right. Um, and, And so, you know, that, that, that there has been some change, but I always say to my team, you know, at the end of the day, if I could be really simple about it, Ryan, you know, what do we want? We want at scale, terrifically talented people who are great human beings you know and if we could have that at scale I think any business it doesn't matter what industry you're in you know will always be successful because we all know what it's like when you work with really talented people who potentially aren't great human beings and really (laughs) lovely human beings who, who potentially aren't as talented or as driven or as outcomes focused and I think you know, if I had to boil it down, that's what we're really trying to drive. And if I had to boil that even further, I'll start with the leadership cohort first. That's where we're really putting a lot of our energy.
1: And it's nice to know the formula that you want and the formula that you need as well, rather than, rather than blindly going into it. That's awesome. And I love what you said about, about the the pathway to leadership can sometimes be, be curious, because sometimes the best leaders are, are reluctant leaders. But maybe they need that the curiosity to fuel that journey i, yeah. I love that that is that's that brilliant um i've seen lots of imagery over the years of some of the great things that you've done at rea groups i've seen some images shared online of activations or the different experiences that you've built can you share any um specific initiatives or programs that you've implemented um, uh, to improve workplace culture and, and any any of the results that you've seen from them? You've mentioned a few already, but I just yeah, wonder if there's... Yeah, I,
0: I might start at the beginning of the journey with our employer brand. Um, When I started at REA um, and, and you know, more broadly into EVP, I think, you know, the backstory was we'd had a couple of cracks at it and hadn't quite solved it. And, um, and so it was one of the areas of focus that I really wanted to put in when I first joined REA. And, and I think a lot of that early thinking around well who do we want to be and how do we get the two sides of that coin you know i think when i first started at rea i started using the term and i certainly didn't invent it um someone else did but the whole give and the get you know that was something that we really wanted to um be really clear about very early when i started because it felt like the partnership felt a bit one-sided you know at the end of the day we are here to work together um and that has since evolved now, Ryan, to the terminology I use is shared value. You know, I want to create shared value for, our, I want to create value for our employees that in turn creates value for, for the organization. And I think one of the things we did with our EVP was get really um, explicit about the two sides of that equation. And again, to that point of early on in the funnel, if you're looking at how we define ourselves and the words we use to describe who we are. And you don't like it that's cool because i'd much rather know that before you've applied for a role than when you're actually in the door um and so that would be an example of and then obviously you know that then showed up in all our collateral the way that we communicated and um we've been really fortunate to have some very talented people working in that space so that would be an example of of probably an, an earlier one um i would say you know the leadership you know the focus on people leaders and getting really clear about what that looks like and then I'd say sort of closer in and really hot off the presses is we've just launched our talent marketplace platform. And so that's really um, going to be an interesting multi-year journey for us to really um, almost have the best way that I can describe it is if I think about realestate.com.au, which is one of our flag, flag flagship you know, platforms, it's Australia's sixth largest online brand. I wanna have that experience for our employees when they're dealing with our talent marketplace. And we probably haven't had that, like we've got really good tech stack, we've got robust HR systems, but not that same sort of consumer feel to the way that people engage with roles at REA, within REA, development um, programs, all of that and so we've just literally launched our talent marketplace last week phase one is very much focused on the recruitment side but if i think about following those bouncing balls of the experience and i actually had a, an email from a leader which is a lovely thing to read on monday morning who's actually hiring at the moment and she said this is the best seamless experience i've had so far with you know she goes i can interface with candidates um you know and, and it's still really early days ryan i won't call it a success but i think you know that's going to be really exciting for me because that's about creating that same experience that we want to create for our consumers and our customers um for our employees from a platform point of view so i'm really keen to see how that all plays out
1: that's awesome excellent why do why do you think that that's possible at rea group What how can you dream so big you know to to think of putting out an experience that rivals or has the same level of focus as as a customer experience
0: yeah i think it helps that we're a digital native business Ryan. and i never take that for granted i think um it's the privilege of the industry that we work in that you know 60 to 70 percent of our total cost including indirect costs is people related in some way shape or form so when people most organizations will say people is a big cost but not necessarily by the country mile that it is within REA. Um, and so I think that affords a level of focus and expectation around how we create the people experience and what that then drives value for the organisation as being. So I never take that for granted. You know, I came out of consumer goods. I would have only dreamed about the PNC to headcount, total headcount ratios that I have at REA when I was at Campbell Artists. So awesome. at least, you know, I'm, I'm very aware of that. And I think it is something that's important for anyone that's listening to understand that, you know, there are certain constraints that come with the business operating model. Um, We're fortunate enough that we don't have, you know, we probably have more of an enabler than a constraint because of the fact that our cost base is predominantly people. Um, So I think, and, and also I think when you're a digital native business, you know, the expectation around, you know, having a multiple, you know, multiple elements in your tech stack and making sure that you're delivering an experience that is tapping into, you know, we we didn't create this platform. You know, we've we've, we've partnered externally um, with a company called Phenom um, to do that in collaboration with Workday. Um, so, I, I think it's 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 fortunate because of a the industry that we play in, and b what what drives the cost and the value for the business.
1: Awesome, excellent. And I suppose people need to see a similar experience that they expect uh, from your customer-facing platforms as well. And I think I see that misalignment um, uh, all of the time. I think um, a couple of years ago, I think I might have um, uh, applied for a job at Amazon. And I was like, this isn't Amazon. I'm going yeah. through this experience being like, what? Yeah, this is like the world's best at this. I was like, yeah, it was, like was going back 15 yeah, it's
0: years. for us yeah. to have that level of alignment. You know, and like I yeah. said, it's still early days. And, you know, fast forward, if, if all goes well, I'll be able to then go, right, well, what does the capability map of our business actually look like? How many developers do we have that have this experience or that skill, or we don't have any of that at the moment. So to be able to wrap our arms around that, and we're a fairly decent sized business. We're about, you know, 1500-ish in Australia, about the same size in India. So we're getting to that scale where being able to get that insight is going to be really helpful for us to then plan for the future. Um, which, you know, for all of us is always on our minds, right? How do we get in front of it as best as we can?
1: Speaking of the future, what do you see as the future of workplace culture? You know, how do you think it's going to evolve in the years to come?
0: Look, I think um, now having done this for almost 30 years, so I definitely will age myself. <laughs> here, and, and, and like I said to you, I've only ever worked in the people and culture HR space. I think there are some core tenets that will remain unchanged. So I think that the importance of leaders, um, you know, the fundamental truths of human beings. You know, I think most people want a sense of purpose. They want to be part of something bigger. Um, They want to make sure that they are being, you know, uh, that they grow, that they're being rewarded for their contribution, that they collaborate together to achieve better things. I feel like those things will not change. I feel what will happen with organisations is they will have to continue to evolve their sophistication and maturity in understanding all of that it's still sort of a bit of a head scratcher sometimes for me where i think i was in a conversation with someone and they said oh yeah we really want to make sure that we're understanding that our leaders are decent leaders and this was like a recent conversation and i was like wow you know like that's that's table stakes now. And, and, you know, we're seeing the generational shifts of what people expect in terms of whether it be sustainability or well-being, um, And equally, I think the importance of understanding that we want to create these experiences to create value for businesses. I still don't know if that's very well articulated in a lot of organisations. It's implied, but I don't think it's as explicit as it needs to be. Um, and I feel very fortunate that I've worked in organisations where I haven't had to fight for that agenda. It's been clearly understood by my peer set, by my leaders. Um, so so I think it will continue to evolve, but I actually think there's going to be more consistency than not. You know, I always joke, um, you know, there are too many h- variables in the human experience for AI to take o- fully take over. I could be wrong, you know. I might be eating my words, but... definitely going to be there's going to be changes in the roles that we do and i think there'll definitely be a move to higher value tasks yeah um that will definitely come but i think as far as workplace culture is concerned um i think it will become a differentiator i think you know it genuinely you know i look at everything that rea has achieved and it certainly hasn't all been on my watch it's been a very successful company i don't think it's a coincidence that it has a strong culture. And it's you know continuing to deliver double digit for the most part double digit top and bottom line growth. So you know for me that's pretty clear, and I think organizations that want to continue to grow are going to have to con- consider this as a just as essential as any other element of their executive team or, or practices.
1: Awesome. I've got one last question for you, and this another double barreled one. Yeah. Um, uh, the questions we get asked the most when it comes to culture is how, uh, and it's from other HR people and culture leaders, is how do we define it and how do we measure it? Now, you've got a really good definition for culture, and it sounds like you've got a great approach for measuring it. What advice would you would you give them if they were starting out defining and measuring their culture?
0: Yeah. So, so for me, I think, you know, we're using a four-step process, which is, you know, understand our current state, our current culture, Define our ideal culture, um, operationalize the plan. You know, pull together the action plan, and then measure and adjust as we go. Um, and and that's been an interesting um, process for us because we've obviously chosen a diagnostic that's quite um, complex and not something you can do every year. So we we are we've made a call that we will do our culture diagnostics every three years. We also measure engagement, so we're really clear about. What's the difference between engagement and culture? So, we very simplistically talk about culture as the collective behaviors and then engagement as how we feel. And then we link that to leadership and performance. So, we have that flywheel going both ways. So, I would say, you know, figure out the best tool for your business to measure culture. Um, be clear that you're not measuring engagement because they are two different things. Um, And so um, I think sometimes the lines get blurred a lot in that space and, you know, obviously we use the human synergistic suite of tools, but there are other tools that you can use as well. Um, I don't know many of them, to be fair, I've I've been a bit of an OCI tragic. It was the first company that I did culture work with when I first started working. And I love the fact that it's got a really um, robust database and, you know, it's now been in play for over 30, 40 years So you feel like you've got a really good arsenal of of information behind you, which I think is important. But whatever tool you use, you know, measure it and then understand what your ideal state is and then determine the levers that you need to pull that will make the biggest difference to what you're trying to achieve. And so for us, we looked across that suite of, you know, is it leadership? Is it our people practices? Um, Is it, you know, some of our core um, tapestry? You know, is it our values? And, and we've decided, you know, we've and we've plotted it. So we're like, what's easy to do, what's essential to do, but maybe a little bit harder. And so we've now got a very clear, you know, 12 month Well, we started this work a while ago. So, you know, probably 18 month roadmap of what we're doing. And on the measuring and adjusting, it's one of the things that we're doing is we've actually um, instituted a culture pulse. So we're really clear about where we're trying to shift. Um, and every month, depending on your birth date, twice a year, you will get a survey for an employee at REA and we'll ask you 12 questions. Um, it's not statistically significant until the quarter results are in, but it gives us a really fast pulse to go, Oh, you know, we did this and this is the impact it's having or we did this and it's not having an impact. Because I don't, as I've said to my team, I don't want to wait until February 2024 and, you know, on a hope and a prayer and go, hey, did we get there, um, you know, and, and it's great to have that goal and that sort of what we're calling our X. But ultimately, it's what we know we need to do to drive better business performance. And I think to me, when that is clear and understood, you're never going to get pushback from the business because everyone can that sort of follow that bouncing ball and go, OK, I get why we're doing this. I get that we're up refreshing our values because we need to do this. I get that we're tweaking our performance process because we need to do that. Um, always tying back to that sort of that ideal state culture is really important.
1: Excellent. Love it. Clarity, continuous improvement. Fantastic. Um, Mary, I want to thank you for your time. You've been so generous, giving us heaps of insight, ideas, and and little bits of gold here that I think people will really enjoy. Thanks heaps for, uh, for, for, for joining us here today. Thank you.
0: My pleasure. Thanks Ryan. Thanks for the opportunity.
1: That's the end of the episode. Thanks for listening. Um, if you want to find out more about what REA Group are doing, then I suggest you head to their website. It's rea-group.com. Uh, go to the career section. There's a world-class uh, career section. You can find out about what they have uh, available for jobs, uh, what the culture's like, the locations, a graduate program, their springboard to tech program, and as well as a few things that maybe talked about in this conversation. If you want to keep in touch with Mary, you can find her on LinkedIn Um, I'll put her details in the show notes. But that's all we have time for today. Thanks again for listening. If you need a hand with anything with your workplace culture, employee experience and well-being, then you know where to find us at exona.com. Until next time, thank you.